We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number eight. I am Amy Gayhart, and I am joined by the only person I'd want to be quarantined with, Johnny G. I'm six feet away at least Yes, at all times. Did you wipe, wipe off this spit screen? Is that what <laughs> it's, it's called? A well, spit it's, screen? I don't know. It's yours. That's not mine. Oh. Why would I wipe it off? Oh. I think you're I think you're good. Mm. So... You just, we just went through something just to do this recording right now. We came in here to record 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And when I came in, I thought we had the whole house secluded and Mabry <laughs> put away for the night. It was our, it was our covert operation. And she had snuck in. Yeah. And what did you witness? I witnessed you trying to get her to leave and go hang out with Jack and... I saw her slap you, John. And things... Escalated. It escalated quickly. It escalated quickly. But then her and I were fighting. Yeah. And for 10 or 15 seconds, and it was getting aggressive. Uh And then what did you see happen? We walked away. It wasn't worth it. Right. I paused, and it actually crossed my mind because I'm surrounded by laptops and microphones. And it crossed my mind that I'm really trying to kick her out of here so that we can record a podcast to help families with special needs, to help right. parents. Right. And I'm about to go full MMA on her. You were not going to go full MMA. I was MMA. close. You were trying to coax her out of the room. I was, it, things were getting aggressive. Yes. Yes. And she was fighting back. And, and it, yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, it could have gotten ugly. So it did, it wasn't ugly. It, you're right. It could have gotten ugly. Could have gotten ugly. We walked away. We walked away. We went in the living room and Jack said, I think I can go get her out. Mm-hmm. And so Jack here, okay, go after it. Big shot. He comes out not even five minutes later, Maybreeze following him. And we got and to I heard him in. say, what do you want? You want to make food? <laughs> okay. We can make food. <laughs> so it's just funny to think, you know, we're recording this podcast and things that we have to do. I mean, it's just part of it yeah. to, to even get into our studio. Yeah, our studio. <laughs> our, our fancy studio. Mm-hmm. So we have a great episode for you today. We're, we have a conversation with Jeremy Sandusky that I'm so excited for everybody to hear because it's a dude and we don't have a lot of dudes. And you I'm say that word that. a lot. That's a word I don't really like. You don't like the word dude? No, it sounds deep. <laughs> <laughs> it just, so, I don't like it. What do you want me to use? You want me to say we've got another boy? Guy. How about another guy? guy. We have another guy. Okay. It's not all girls. Dude. It just sounds. Girls and guys and gals. (laughs) Not gals. We're not from (laughs) Michigan. All right. We have another guy, Jeremy Sandusky. So stay tuned and listen to him. You're going to love him. And uh, we have a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. You know why? Because we've been stuck in this house. Yep. We're going a little stir crazy. But we're going to talk about all of that after we give a shout out to one of our sponsors. We would like to thank one of our podcast sponsors, Podcorn. Amy and I have seen a huge benefit in using Podcorn as they connect us with other potential podcast sponsors. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. 
go visit podcorn.com or click the link in the show notes of this episode to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. So, Amy G., it's hard to think of anything really to talk about except just the unknown and the strange time that we're in right now. This is the weirdest time I can ever remember. Yeah, and I never thought these words I'm about to say would ever come out of my mouth, but I would rather be snowed in right now. (laughs) You know, that's like my, like, if any to be iced in or snowed in because that happens here sometimes every now and then we get iced in because we don't know how to drive in ice but i was telling you the other day like yes snow days are hard for us and ice days are hard for us but you get to go and turn on the news and watch the weatherman give you a forecast of when it's going to end and that's that's the light at the end of the tunnel. That's what we don't seem to have right now is that we don't know how long this is going to last. It's such a strange thing because we have no clue. Mm-mm. This could be, I mean, it could be three more weeks. Yeah. It could be three more months. It could. We have no idea. And it's just something that we can't ever imagine. And it's difficult on all families. Um I'm sure every household has some different dynamics that they're dealing with. Yeah. Ours is really hard. And Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of other families out there like us that are really hard. You've got the dynamic of two working parents, three kids at home, and one kid won't let you do a darn thing. (laughs) No. And it's, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I haven't been working this week. Um, We had to close Blue Sky. Um, So... When I say not working, I mean, I'm still working on grants and I'm still, um, you know, reaching out to parents and I've been FaceTiming my people um, because these are uncertain times for them also. And so I've tried to come up with ways to best support them while supporting our kids as they embark on this new e-learning business, (laughs) which is amazing in itself. Yeah, and it's not only the no school, but it's no anything. Yeah. It's don't go to a friend's house. Yeah. It's we're not going to restaurants. Well, we don't do, luckily, we don't do those things anyways. Right, but Jack does. Yes. And so him cooped up in the house. And I go to the gym every day and having no gym to go to and everything – I, I haven't set an alarm for three mornings. Yeah. And I, that does not happen. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this today. I was trying, you know, I've told you, and I guess I've told people through my Insta stories, like I was having a really hard time finding any joy in the day. And today I had to go run a few errands. I had help with Mabry today. So I had to go, you know, pay the mortgage, stuff like this that still has to be done. And I was like, you know what? I haven't been tired all week. And that's something like the last couple of weeks, you and I both have just been dragging. Yep. And so, man, this is kind of like a nice little blessing. First, I think that there's listeners. I think that there's listeners right now wondering why you go pay the mortgage. Well, see. that You're 41 you're 42, I'm 42 by the you're way. You're 42. You should be paying all your bills online from your phone right now. And you went somewhere to pay the mortgage. A lot of our listeners don't even know what that means. Well, when you forget to pay it online. <laughs> okay. And you go beg somebody that. It no, late. then you have to like go to the place because they need it now. I'm just kidding. I forget. And you know this. I am not a good financial manager because I just forget. It's not. <laughs> How many times have I run up, run after the people turning our water off? I was a, a month ago. They came <laughs> with a lady knocking on the door and a guy at the street with some crowbar looking thing in his hand. That's a that's the tool. And it's called a key. Whatever is in the front of our house that runs the water. And when I come to the door, I'm like, what is going on? And she just turns around to the guy and like shakes her head like, don't turn it off. And I'm yeah. like, you were about to turn the water off? 
Yeah, and it's it's because I forget. I just have a lot going. It probably should go to somebody else. Like you, Slater, Slater needs to start paying the bills. <laughs> I think do it. I don't know, but anyways, that's why I was out today. But what I was trying to say is, like, this has given us some much needed rest. Yeah, and maybe there's a lot of families. I mean, I know it's hard. But for you, you said you hadn't set an alarm. People, he sets his alarm for 4 Mm a.m. every morning. And even on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday I don't set an alarm. Right. Sunday I do because in the rare wish, like there's a certain time I need to get up to get in the shower so that the family can start getting ready for church. And it's not super early, but it's like 8 or 8.30. I need to be going. And in the rare strange scenario where Mabry happened to sleep past eight o'clock. I want that alarm to go off. So I always said it, but the last three days, it's like, all I'm going to do is go up and drive down the street to my, you know, quotes office. And it doesn't matter if I'm there at seven 30 or eight 30, I'm going to be the only one there anyway. So I haven't even set an alarm. Right. That's and I'm not wild. saying that the time that we're awake, like Mabry's busy and there is a lot of, um, anxiety mm-hmm. from her maybe a little bit mm-hmm. and us trying to navigate the online school for the boys like that's been a challenge this week but gosh our school district has done an amazing job yeah they were i mean in like it seemed like 48 hours they had the entire district up and running they had laptops to people who need laptops yeah it was amazing they- yeah and today like i did fourth grade um social studies I learned about the annexation of Texas. I learned about, I I added mixed fractions and um, I learned about the spring solstice, which is today. And at dinner, I learned about the black hole. Yes. At dinner tonight, Slater's topic of conversations range from a black hole, the characteristics (laughs) of a black hole, um, fruit versus vegetable. Yeah. What Something about, it? what about combustion? Spontaneous combustion. Yeah. And um, you and I were talking about how when we were kids, we thought that quicksand was going to be a much bigger player. Yeah. Like in so our, we would know somebody who died from quicksand. Yeah. In our adult life, like, ooh, watch out. There's quicksand. Yeah. And it hasn't come up much. And then you're like, how do you even do this? And Slater's like, it's density. <laughs> yeah. I asked like, Slater, I'm it, like, how come nobody dies from quicksand? <laughs> and he said, because of density. And we're like, <laughs> and I, okay. okay. I yeah. just went back to eating. It's, <laughs> we just smile and nod because we can't. He knows more than we do. But back on this week and, and some of the hard times, mm-hmm. you had a hard day on Monday. Gosh. Monday. So we've had... Um, our, you know, one of our, one of the best people in our life, Maggie come work yeah. with Mabry the last three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yes. Monday, we didn't have her. Right. What, what did that day look like? Well, I think Monday for me was just, um, it was kind of the realization that this is really happening. This is really going down. I was trying to decide what to do with blue sky, um, and take steps there and, disappointing people there and of course they understand but it it was me home you were working and um it was just a lot of what's going on Mm -hmm. like what is happening and it was just really my anxiety was super yeah high that day like I said I was having a hard time finding joy and what ultimately happened I mean when we when summer's coming you and I mostly you prepare for summer for months in advance right lining we, up where is maybe this week who's helping this week uh-huh. there's going to be days that i'm by myself but i'm mentally preparing i've yeah. got those days on the calendar i know and monday was like oh my gosh it's summer and i had no warning right yeah and so i i try really hard not to allow myself to go to dark places <laughs> but all i could think on monday was this is what it's going to be like when there's no school forever And so it was one of those days where I was kind of down. I was kind of, you know, and, um, but gosh, our village came to our rescue on Monday. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. What all happened on Monday? Um, so 
first, our friend Brandy Garvin. How you doing, Brandy Garvin? Just brought us loads of groceries. There's um, a bunch of bags out on the porch. Yes, and it was Uno cards, and it was matching games, and it, it Dallas Cowboy hat. She <laughs> knows us. You know, it was enough for like three meals and some snacks and all of our favorite drinks, and it was just like we had been to the store, but it was just so nice. That like was it was so just thoughtful and caring and just really, really nice. Um, and then our neighbor, Anna, how you doing, Anna Heflin? Um, she texted me and said, Hey, I'm here. I will drive Mabry any day this week. You need me. And she took Mabry for like two hours. Man. But I do have a problem with that because, you know, we go looking for boats sometimes. <laughs> well, Anna really took her to Lake Texoma. Okay, so every time we need to go looking for So boats. now it's like when I go show her the fake boat on like the Long John Silver's billboard, <laughs> it's not going to work anymore. <laughs> Dang it, Anna. Now she's spoiled with she a real like, boat. She raised the bar and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, come on. Next she's going to take her to the real zoo instead of PetSmart, you know? <laughs> what is... She's just ruining all my plans. But no, it was so very nice um, just to have that offer. It was two hours I really needed on Monday. And just to know that that option's there for as long as we need it during this time. And then my girl Jamie sent me, sent us some Tiff's Treats cookies in the mail. I'm Not the mail. What is this? Delivery? Delivery. Yes. So... Those were three things that just, um, it was nice. It's it was nice. really nice. It it helped. It got me out of my funk. You know, I can get in a funk. Um, and so it just, it pulled me out of that really quickly. And that is what, when we say have a village, like that's what it means, you know? And I was trying to be the village to my other people. And that was... One of my highlights of this week has been in the background watching you and hearing you FaceTime with the Blue Sky <laughs> writers. It's been like, really, it's been one of the coolest things because you're, you talk to them on the phone quite a bit. They I co- do. You know, they're, y'all talk all the time. But the FaceTime conversation, you don't always FaceTime. The no. FaceTime conversations this week, I can hear them on the other end saying, do we have Blue Sky tomorrow? And you saying no and explaining to them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what's going on. It's a big deal and we've got to do our part and we've got to play our role. And, you know, it's just, it's just part of it and it's hard and I know. And you talked about putting some together some things for them and right. bringing them to their house for them to work on. And I could hear the interaction with them and that they needed, like what I heard, I heard them needing to hear your voice. Yeah. And to see you and to see you because it was FaceTime and that was that has been some of the highlights of my week. Oh, well, you know, it's hard. I mean, we see it with Mabry, but Mabry doesn't really have a place right now um, except for school. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? We drive by the school. Just this morning, we were driving by the school because it makes her happy. Mm-hmm. And two of the police officers were outside and they jumped out of the car to come <laughs> see Mabry. And um of course, they kept their distance, but they were able to give her a sticker and um, it just made her day. Yeah. It made her so happy. But for, um, you know, my friends at Blue Sky, it's it's difficult because, you know, they need to be reassured that we're not doing stuff without them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that they're not missing out on stuff. I want them to know like, hey, no, like we are closed. Look, I'm at home. Here I am. Here are the kids. You know, I don't want them to think they're missing something. They're worried blue sky's happening and they're not there. Exactly. So I wanted to make sure that our friends know like, hey, we're not doing this without you. Um, We're all in this together. Um, Part of staying home is being a good friend. You know, like trying to explain that to them. Um, I've been emailing parents social stories and um, just like, things that might help them understand better. And I have been pulling together like individualized packets for them to work on 
um, that I'll take to them Monday. So, so I mean, right now we're just fighting week to week. Right now, it feels like we made it through the week. Yeah, almost. and and it's okay. We've got the weekend, which has a little bit of normalcy for us, and then we're gonna fight another week. And I think yeah. we're gonna play it week to week. That's right. Well, tell us what you're digging this week. I'll tell you what I'm digging this week. So. One cool thing about being home is I've gotten some stuff done that I've kind of had on the back burner. And um, I've had, I ordered some prints. Gosh, it was before Christmas time. And a friend of mine, gosh, probably junior high, I guess we went to church together growing up. Um, Sarah Beth Baca is her name and she is an amazing artist. She has done a series. It's a watercolor, pen and ink kind of mixed media on women of the Bible. And these pieces of artwork are unbelievable. But anyways, I had ordered there. I think there's around 20 of them total. I ordered four like before Christmas and I just got them framed this week and I love them. And they're in the perfect spot. They're so cool. They're in the perfect spot because they're right above the Keurig, which is one of the only places that I stand for periods at a time. Yeah. And so I just sit there while I'm waiting on the coffee. I sit there and I just like stare at these things. Aren't they beautiful? really great. Yeah. So we'll put it in our show notes, but go check her out. Who were the four that you got? We got Sarah. I'm trying to go in clock. Sarah, Rahab, um, Esther, and Ruth. Those were the four we started with. Um, But they're all just unbelievable and just beautiful, beautiful. And I... I wrote this in an Instagram post, but it's like, I really can because there's scriptures like written in with it and, um, just like phrases and stuff. And it's like, I can hear a different voice Hmm. in each one, you know, like, you know, when you read stuff to yourself, yeah, it's in a voice, it's not in your own voice. Well, maybe it is. Maybe I'm the only one that does that. (laughs) Who knows? But it's like, I can hear them saying these things and it's just really cool because it's giving a story to these women who, you know, most people think women don't play a big role in the Bible, but it's obvious that God chose these people to do big work and be part of Jesus's story. So I just love them. So go check out Sarah Beth Baca. Yep. And it'll be in the show notes. What I'm digging this week is actually something that I've seen really positive come out of the whole quarantine thing right now, Mm -hmm. which is all over social media, my feed is filled with two things. One of them, probably just because of what I do and what I'm interested in. I work with a lot of coaches. I'm into fitness, all of that. One of one of the things that is every other post is somebody trying to find a way to stay active. Mm-hmm. In-home workouts, going on walks, whatever it may be, their gym's closed, their weight room's closed. So I love that anytime people are trying to stay connected to activity. And the second thing is I'm seeing tons of pictures of people with their family. Yeah. And it might be in a funny post. Oh, look Because we me. don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> look at me kidding. trying to be a teacher and now learning to homeschool or look at my office for the day. But there's families together everywhere. And it just got me thinking, like, I would never want to phrase this as, man, we needed this because that might sound bad. And that's not what I mean. I know how bad the virus is and, mm-hmm. and the things going on. But we're, we're we might come out of this thing like a lot of us would just new values and refreshed and reconnected. And we may come out of this thing like, oh my gosh, that was amazing family time. And I just love that. Yes, we're being forced to do it, but when you embrace it and I mean, the discussions that we've been having at dinner, the times as a family. What did we do yesterday? We put a a puzzle together. We did a puzzle. And the day before that we played Uno. And these are things that we just don't do. We don't. Yeah. Because it's hustle and bustle. It's get home from school get homework done, get to practice, get home, eat dinner, yeah, shower, get I'm, to bed. I'm supposed to be out of town this whole week and I literally cannot go anywhere. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I love seeing that. Yeah. And so really it's a cool. really, really positive thing. And I'm, I'm happy for what it's going to bring to a lot of families Yeah, um, through it because I think we're all going to come out better. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Okay, so stick around for our conversation with Jeremy. You are going to love it because finally we've got another dude. A guy. Yes. Another another guy. guy. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Jeremy. 
So Jeremy, thank you so much for joining the Totally Worth It podcast today. We're thrilled to have you. Anytime we have an opportunity to have an, a guy, <laughs> you get you get our vote. So. Us women like to talk. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming. Um, so we met Jeremy and his wife, Sandy, and their daughter, Callie. And there's other kids. I don't even know their names. So what are their names? Caleb and Chloe. Okay. So we met originally... Let's see, the kids are third and fourth grade now, probably kindergarten, so three or four years ago. And the way that we met, as far as I can remember, (laughs) is I was coaching the kindergarten Prosper Sun Devils, which Slater was on, a little flag football team for kindergartners. And and we had a cheerleading squad. For those of you who aren't in Texas and can't believe that a (laughs) kindergarten flag football team has a cheerleading squad, welcome to Texas. (laughs) That's what we do. And Callie was a cheerleader. Yes. On that, in kindergarten. And absolutely stole my heart as, as a coach. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I have a heart for uh, children with special needs. And so I couldn't wait every Saturday to go see Callie and just hug on her and love on her. And I watched her cheerlead. And she's the only, as far as I know, she was the only cheerleader on the squad. I don't know. Who, <laughs> I don't know who else. We don't remember any other, other names. You know, what was incredible about that is my wife and I noticed that, that that John would come over and get down on his you know knee and talk to her and and I was like wow he's incredible um, and it just showed his heart and that was something that always touched us. So. Oh good good so. good I love hearing that. So that was one of the highlights is uh, Callie being a cheerleader for the Prosper Sun Devils. Slater no longer plays football. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it was that's after several counseling sessions. <laughs> it didn't go well. It, didn't, it did not go well. <laughs> Um, Callie cheered another year or a couple of years or does she still yeah, do she it? doesn't do it anymore um, okay. but she she loved it and her sister loved helping her out with it so yeah. and now Callie rides horses at yes, Blue Sky yes she does at Blue Sky and so we get to see and her Chloe. and Chloe, Chloe. good mm-hmm. so we get to see her and the Sandusky family yes. more often now yeah. and we we love having uh, we love having you guys in our life so so welcome to the podcast why don't you just share the story of Callie, your family, anything that you want to share about that. Sure. Um, and, and tell us what that story is all about. So, yes. Um, so, crazy story. Um, we had Caleb first. Um, Callie came along uh, September 20th, 2009. And she came in normal Callie fashion, just with a bang. <laughs> um, I was uh, watching football with a buddy one night. We were on the sofa. We were, uh, Sandy was going to be induced on Tuesday, and um, next thing I know, I get a text from her in the other room, and her water broke. Oh, gosh. So. That's John's biggest, that was his biggest fear, by the way, in pregnancies, that we would be out in public, (laughs) and my water would break. I don't handle medical issues. (laughs) (laughs) So I I didn't either. I was running around with a mop. Luckily, (laughs) like, the last month of pregnancy, we're like... Yeah, we better order in. Like, we're not going anywhere. Luckily, it never happened. But sorry, back to you. (laughs) So fortunately, my uh, father-in-law had come in town that day. So he watched Caleb, uh, Sandy, and I rush to the hospital, uh, Baylor Frisco. And uh, when we got there, Callie had um, turned and was going feet out. Mm. So they had to do an emergency C-section, which ultimately actually saved Callie's life. We had all the tests run when, you know, Sandy was pregnant. No no detection of, of anything. So we noticed the next day that she was sleeping a lot, um, kind of breathing heavily, um, almost panting. Um, And so we kept saying, you know, we're concerned. And the doctor said, you know, your new parents, um, don't worry about it. We're like, no, we have another child. We know, you know, there's an issue. So we get into Monday and she's not really, she's not doing a whole lot. And everyone's checked her out. Everyone says she's fine. I took Caleb home that evening uh, to be with my father-in-law, and uh, Sandy and I were concerned. I come in that evening back to the hospital to see Sandy and Callie, and there's like 15 doctors standing wow. over. And I knew there was something wrong. Hmm. Fortunately, there was a uh, night shift nurse that came on, and she's our angel. She came from a heart unit and came in and noticed right away. She goes, this is a heart baby. What is going on? Why is she not... Oh, wow. you know, what, why, and so she she found it all. I mean, it was it was incredible. Mm. It still gives me goosebumps to think wow. about it. Mm. 
So they tell nurses, us nurses are the heroes, right? They are. They yeah. they truly are. Um, and that's a that's a special talent. That, mm-hmm. um, it's incredible. So next thing we know, two or three hours later, we are being rushed to Medical City, Dallas. And at that point, they tell us Callie has major heart issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her major problem was her main aorta is only about a third of the size it was supposed to be. Um, she had an interrupted arch, uh, a hole. So they scheduled surgery for seven days later. The night before her first uh, heart surgery, they came to Sandy and I and they said, well, anytime we do a heart you know, anytime there's, we do a heart surgery, we run a chromosome test. And by the way, Callie has this super rare chromosome that only 35, 40 people in the world have. And we're like, what? Wow. And we were just, we were shocked. And it was a genetic doctor and uh, she was very cold. Uh-huh. And she told us, uh, she said, you know, you don't have to go through with this heart surgery tomorrow. Whoa. You can basically, you know, just let nature take its course. And we go, we don't believe that way. That's, that's not our beliefs. We'll go through with the heart surgery and, and, you know, she said, well, she could have severe, you know, disabilities. She could, you know, basically be drooling in a corner, you know, and we're like, okay, well, that's what God gave us. That's what, that's what we're fine. So we marched through with the surgery, um, long surgery. Callie was in the hospital for 48 days. In the process, they sent off for another chromosome test, a more elaborate one. And come to find out, she had even a, a rare chromosome wow. that they'd never seen. So supposedly, she's the only person in the 7.7 billion people on the face of the earth that has this rare chromosome disorder. She is one of a kind. We've always known it. That is astounding. So what they originally uh, told us is that the the upper arm of her uh, 16th chromosome uh-huh. uh, peated, which was trisomy. It actually four-peated, which was tetrasomy. So the tetra is what nobody has. Nobody has, supposedly. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that hopefully there's someone else out there. And, you know, and this is great coming on, you know, to talk to y'all because yeah. I, I want to give someone, give people hope out there, yeah. that, you know, and, and she's got a cool story. So, you know, it's funny that you, you say that about others. And I've mentioned this in other podcasts that we recently got a diagnosis through a random genetic testing. And being a, finding that Facebook group and finding that, you know, support group and stuff like that, that there's so much research being done. And, but just seeing the other families and the stories is so helpful. So I'm sure if someone could find you guys, that it would really give them some hope. And what sticks out to me is when you mentioned the doctor that was cold, mm-hmm. that was one of my hardest things to deal with going through the diagnosis and the years of those heart appointments. And I don't blame the doctors and I'm not mad at them because it's what they do all day, every day. And I put myself in their shoes and I can't imagine being for them showing the sympathy that they would need to in every appointment, every day that, that I wanted. I, I do not blame them, but it's something that a lot of people don't see. And a lot of people don't know that when we get these diagnosis in so many cases, it is cold mm-hmm. and it is hard and and it's not what we see on TV which is no. we need to sit down and have a conversation because there's some tough things to discuss it's not that usually you're exactly right John and it <clears throat> it is tough and it's not what you see on TV I mean I remember basically drawing it on a napkin and yeah. saying here's what she has and then they showed us pictures of you know kids with 16p trisomy and, you know, and it's, it's tough, you know, for, to take that in as a parent and, you know, it, it's, it's, it was, it was very difficult. I always tell people when they're looking for neurologists or specialists, something like that, my advice to parents is find the nurse that cares because the nurse is sorry, but the nurses who get stuff done and they're the ones who come in after the diagnosis is delivered and hold your hand and make sure that prescription gets to the grocery store, you know, in plenty of time. So that's, that's really my advice. We, we've been with the same neurologist group, you know, for gosh, 14. Yeah. For since the beginning. 
And it's because of Donnie. Donnie's the nurse, and that's why we didn't change, you know. So that's just a little tidbit there. Mm-hmm. You, you bring up a great point, Amy. We had a, another cool story about Callie on her second heart surgery. She had a, her second heart surgery a year later um, at her at her one year birthday, and um, because her because of her main aorta, the um, the donor tissue that they use. Uh, I think the first time was a pig valve. This mm. time was a cow valve. It doesn't grow with her, so they have to keep going back in mm. um, and doing it as she grows. Luckily, she's small, so we've yeah. been fortunate. They're originally thinking she's going to have to have surgery every two years. Um, so she goes into her second surgery, and we bring in a one-year-old that could sit up and do things, and when she comes out, she's more like a three-month-old wow. because she was in the hospital that time, I believe, 31, 32 days. But after surgery... Um, her temperature spiked, got real high. Um, she was borderline hypothermia. It was, it was, yeah. it, it was very dangerous. And then she started having a drug reaction. Mm-hmm. And they had her, um, you know, on like a uh, synthetic heroin. And they were worried about it because a little bit of medicine to Callie, she's that one in a hundred where, you know, they say 99 people are okay. She's that one. Mm -hmm. So then they took her off it and she started going through drug withdrawals. She started shaking. I mean, they had to tie her down to the bed. And basically at 30 days, they said, you know, we don't know what to do anymore. You know, she, you know, basically they were, they were worried. They were just like, you know, they almost gave up and said, you know, just send her home. Mm-hmm. But we had this neat neurologist. He came in and he looked at Sandy and I and he did, you know, uh, the, all the scans and the tests. And he's like, she's fine. Take her home. We ran into him about a year or two later. Sandy and I were at a benefit dinner for um, Dallas Baptist University mm-hmm. where we both went to college and met. And we ran into him walking out. He was at the dinner with him and his wife. And Sandy went up and hugged him, and she's like, thank you, you gave us so much hope. And she looked at the wife, and she's like, thank you. I know he, you know, he had to spend time away from your family over the years, and yeah. and, and very appreciative. And then uh, what was sad is about three months later, we read his obituary. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So I'm glad you got to say that, though. It was cool. Yeah. yeah neat neat really, moment. That's really cool. So with that chromosome diagnosis, what does that mean for Callie? What has that... What, how has that impacted her? You know, what's tough about hers is, you know, with autism, we know there's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. With Down syndrome, we know there's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. With hers, we don't know. Yeah. So, and actually, when she was first diagnosed, we didn't tell anyone. Mm. We didn't even tell our family. Because mm. we were hoping that everything would be normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I was hoping, and then Sandy and I both had chromosome tests. I was like, hopefully I have it, and, or, you know. And, the, and, you're, and, and you're fine. And I'm fine. So we didn't tell anyone. We were in denial, not in denial, but we were just hoping that, yeah, you know, everything would be fine. But when she started getting two, three, you just, you could tell, you know, something was different. Mm. You know, today she's 10. She's, I would probably say she's more like a three and a half, four year old. Yeah. So, but you know, she's loving, you know, she, she hugs you. She, oh my gosh. Does she hug you? She, Callie's got the best hug. She didn't have a bad day. So it's, it's, it's incredible. And, but I know, you know, other families, they don't have that, you know, yeah. sometimes they have rough days, but we have rough days. Of course. You, yeah. So it, it, it's a blessing. Yeah. At first it didn't feel like it. Um, but it's made, you know, our lives better. It's made our kids better people. Um, it's made our family, our friends, mm. that support community. That's what's been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing is Callie always asks, did I do it by myself? <laughs> Yes, you did, sister. Yes, you did. Did I do it by myself? Did I do good? Uh huh. You did good. You did it by yourself. Um, what are y'all's hopes for Callie's future, her adulthood? You know, that that's so tough. You know, mm-hmm. just because you know you you don't the know, unknown the unknown. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I would love for her to you know eventually you know because she's so friendly and she's so so loving. I think she'd make a great Walmart greeter. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, or, or that, or my lifelong dream is one day when I retire, I want to uh, move down to the Bahamas. I want to have a uh, uh, a boat where we take people out on tours, and she can, you know, greet people when they get on the boat. Perfect. Or she can be the bartender. I, I know, <laughs> something Good. fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you see some level of independence, but she will probably always rely 
on you and Sandy. Yes, and I, I and I believe so. That's what I was wondering if y'all have gotten to that point. If John and I, you know, hit that point several years ago, so that right. Sometimes that's a really hard realization to come to, you know. And is it fair to say that because she's the only one with this gene mutation, right? Um, we don't have any history that says what 20-year-olds look like, mm. what 30-year-olds. Is that right? Correct. You're, you're correct. You're and right. I remember one of the most important things to my grieving process in the early days was hope. That's what I see all over you mm-hmm. is hope. And a lot of times, like for us, we didn't have a diagnosis for years and years and years. And for, at first, that was really hard for me, and it was hard for us, and it was that unknown. But what it allowed us to do is hope in ways that other parents couldn't hope, mm-hmm. or other parents struggled to hope, mm-hmm. because we didn't know what was going on, and therefore we had no history, we had no trends, we had no expectations. It was like, I have so much hope that she can do this. Mm-hmm. And... I believe that all parents, even with a diagnosis, can still have that hope because I believe God works miracles and things don't always follow history. But sometimes when you're the only one, or in our case, when you don't have a diagnosis, it allows for another level of hope that I love. And I'm so thankful now that those first few years, we didn't have a diagnosis because right. it would have it would have made our my grieving process harder. Yeah, I think and I think in the same time, though, um, I think God gives you that hope until you're ready to hit realization and you get a new hope, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't hope doesn't end when you realize, hey, they're going to live with us forever. Right. It doesn't end there. Good news. There's more to the story, you know. Um, but I think it's, I think once you go through the grieving process and you do it at different times, because mm-hmm. John was much quicker than I was. <laughs> I was mad for a very long time. Um, but I think he gives us that hope until he knows we're ready to handle. And that type of hope that changes is like now our hope is not done because we believe that Mabry is going to live with us in a, as an adult. There's still new hope that's yes. there. But it's different from the old hope that was when she was in first grade. Hey, maybe she'll be caught up by the time second grade. Maybe yes. she'll go to the to the yes. normal second grade classroom. Right. That was the hope back then. And you know, having sorry, Jeremy, we're talking way. No, no, but in in even you know having grandparents. Oh, she'll talk when she's ready. You know. Yes. Or a family member told me, oh, well, she they don't ask you on your college train you know application when you were potty trained. I'm like. But it was thirteen, you know. Yes, exactly. So, where, so where does all that kind of fit into your story? Sure, and and, and yes, we went through the same thing, and um, you know, the 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 family members don't understand that, then, and your friends don't understand that haven't you know that haven't had a child with special needs. Um, what's what what amazes me is my twelve uh, year old. He is incredible with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't rely on him to pick up his plate after dinner, <laughs> but he can watch her and he cares for her and he takes care of her. And he tells us all the time. He's like, well, dad, one day, you know, when Callie can't live with y'all anymore, he goes, you know, she's going to live with me in my mansion. I'll have her her own room and I'll have her caretakers. And, you know, when I'm in the major league, when I'm in the major leagues uh-huh. uh, hitting the baseball, he goes, you know, she'll get to come to the games and watch me, and I'll, I'll take care. Can Caleb and Jack live next door to each other? Because those are the and, two that are going to be taking care of. And when sisters. we talk about it being totally worth it, yeah, it's that conversation right there, yeah, because those they are the get moments. It, it is, those it, are the moments. and then her younger sister, uh, uh, Chloe, Callie's uh-huh. younger sister, she takes care of her. Yes, also. she does. And so it, it's it's neat. Um, it's it's neat how you know my parents, you know help and they uh they take Callie to the horseback riding mm-hmm. lessons and Blue Sky's been incredible. Yeah. Uh we love it there. Oh, I mean it's just so just awesome people. I would highly recommend to anyone that has a child with special needs, go do it. That is a game changer. I Absolutely. did not pay him for that ad, <laughs> but we accept it. Thank you. <laughs> so Jeremy, let's change gears for just a minute because all parents 
deal with schools and the good and the bad of schools and everybody has their good stories, their bad stories. There's not a perfect school district in the world. Yes. When you have a child with special needs, you face new challenges in schools that are different than a lot of other parents. And we see that and we have for a long time. And we've been in the same school district since Mabry was in kindergarten and now she's in high school. And we've seen all the good and the bad and the hard times and the good times and what they, um, uh, what, what's faced. Recently, so we live in the same town. Our kids go to the same school district. And you recently ran for school board. And we were pumped about that because anytime I'm, I'm the least political guy anybody will ever meet. Do you when want comes, to tell them your? Uh... No, no, no. That's for another. Day. That's for another day. But when it comes to voting for anybody, um, if if there's somebody that's tied to special needs, that's my first vote because mm-hmm. not everybody understands. Um, you were not elected to school board, Correct. but I'm I'm curious. My question is, what role did Cali play? in you wanting to run for school board, and had you been elected, what would you have hoped to accomplish that is related to the special education program? So yes, Cali was a, is a huge um, reason that I ran. Um, you know, we had, a, we had a great support. Um, you know, we had, a lot of, we had a lot of things working against us, but um, you know, a lot of people came out and voted, and I met a lot of incredible people on the way with, you know, from all ends of the spectrums, kids with, um, you know, they're gifted and talented to, you know, every average student to, and then I met a lot of special needs families that reached out to me. So it was incredible, just the whole process. I mean, it was, it was a learning experience. It was, it was neat um, to see a community, you know, rally behind us and our families and, you know, people that would put signs in the yard or post something on Facebook or social media for us. So it was incredible. Um, why I ran, what scared me is, you know, growing up in, or being around this community for the last 17 years now, we lived in Salina from 03 to 09 and then moved to Prosper in 09. So we've been here 11 years is the growth. I mean, we are seeing crazy growth coming at us. Um, Prosper actually is the fastest growing ISD in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just want to make sure that our administration and the board and everyone is paying attention to this growth because it is coming at us so fast. Are we paying attention to every, and, and you know, my slogan when I ran was, you know, every child matters because, you know, I heard concerns from, you know, gifted and talented parents. Mm-hmm. I heard concerns from special needs uh, parents that, you know, just make sure that we're doing it right. You know, mm-hmm. Plano went through this in the 70s. Uh, Richardson, you know, and went through it in the 80s. Frisco went through it in the 90s. Mm-hmm. We're in it right now. And we got to make sure that, you know, we're doing the right things mm-hmm. to educate. Inclusion is so important. It's incredible. You know, when we grew up, they put kids with special needs in a completely classroom. Yeah, yeah. They so put they, them wouldn't, in the they basement. wouldn't disturb us. Exactly. You know, they might yell or... You know? Yes. And so <laughs> inclusion works. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's come a long way. It has. It's come a long way. It has. And, and it's incredible. Um, but, you know, every special needs child and every child is different. Let's mm-hmm. don't use a cookie cutter approach to it. And I want to make sure that was, you know, one of my things, you know. Are, are we are we doing the right things? Mm-hmm. So, More than checking the boxes. Exactly. Yeah. Getting to the heart of what it. Right. And my wife was incredible um, because she pays attention to all the details. Sandy, she... She is a detail lady. <laughs> she is. Uh, she's incredible. And she, you know, she went to, to a law seminar to learn more about it, um, you know, and to go through that art process. I mean, that, that is so tough It's so, Well, and it's, when you first go, it's so intimidating and so overwhelming. It is. Um, it can really seem us versus them. And that's what, even though it's a joint committee, um, gosh, it can be scary sometimes, you know. It is. And, I, and I'm like you, you know, you're saying, right, I, you're, you're, we're, trust, yeah, we're trustworthy. Yep. We trust people. Yes. Um, no worries. So I'm we like, just trust that nothing's getting slid in and, right. you know, something said that, you know, we're like, okay, you know, you just assume that they have your child's best interest. Right. And that's the dream or the hope for each parent, I would think. Yes. Um, so I totally get that. I'm glad Sandy went. I was telling you <laughs> before we started the conversation that I have a special needs law book that I put fake sticky notes in 
and just put it on the table during art meetings <laughs> to make them think that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but then I bake cookies and bring those too. So <laughs> I'm not above bribery either. Yeah. Yeah. Sandy and, sat on the front row, I think, in the seminar and stayed early and stayed late. And she had thousands of pages of sticky notes and, <laughs> and art. She'd get out and she'd read the law and she'd go right to it. So. And, you know, we, Amy and I, we've been in Prosper ISD for a long, long, long time, like you have. We adore Prosper ISD, and um, we are so appreciative of what they've done for our family. But there's always the struggles yes. because every student is different. Every art meeting is different. There's tough times. There's tough conversations. And we've been through tough we've times with through, Prosper. So it's not, it's not all a bed of roses. Yeah, right? we've, we've been through really, really hard times. Yeah. But what I can say about Prosper, and I see it happen in other school districts, is when I see Mabry out in the community and I see Callie out in the community, they're celebrities. They are. And you're right. And that is so different from like when we grew up. Uh-huh. And, and it's so cool to see all of the community rally around, you know, and they, they don't, it's not, you know, people don't look at, you know, every now and then you'll get an odd look from someone, yeah. but yeah. it, but it's it, rare. Right. The best thing that we've done and y'all, y'all do the same thing is we're out in the community mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. We take her on vacations. Yeah. You know, we, we do things with her and include her in everything. Yeah. And, and that's important. And yeah. so much of what we see in the town is because of what they do at school. Because we see people that come up and talk to Mabry that, of course, we don't know. Yeah. And, and she can't tell us who yeah, they are. And, We're and, like, okay. Yeah, we have, she can't tell us. <laughs> yeah. We just can, the same way. Yeah, yeah, we can tell by her response that she knows them. And so yeah. we'll ask them, how do you know Mabry? Oh, she sits at the lunch table next to me. Uh-huh. Or she's in a classroom near me. Or I see her in the hallway. And that's the inclusion that the schools do make sure and there's happens, always room for growth yes. and there's always opportunities to do better but I, we got a thank you note it was from her teacher for her christmas gift and he said i love having the queen of prosper in my class <laughs> she is definitely and the queen. i was like mm-hmm. she is definitely the queen of prosper we, we love Mabry. well know. callie can be the princess, the princess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just let her know Hold, let her... slow your roll there Cal. she'll be out for the time <laughs> So, uh, Jeremy, you are 10 years around into your diagnosis. Yes. What advice, what counsel, what words would you give a new young dad who's brand new into the diagnosis? Sure. If they came to you now and said, here's the news I just got. That's a tough question. Um, you know, what I say is you've got to find an outlet for that stress. It is so stressful. What do you do? Do you go to church or do you, you know, work exercise, yeah. workout? Um, best thing for me was my son and I did mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that helped me. Um, it helped me sit down with my friends there now and then on the back patio and having a beer mm-hmm. and saying, I'm going through a tough time and they'd, yeah. help, and they'd be there for you. A lot of times it's tough to discuss it with your family, you know, because they just sometimes, you know. They want to sugarcoat it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They do. And so, you know, I tell young dads, you know, times are going to be tough. It's okay if you cry. It's okay if you're mad. It's okay. You know, it, these are all normal feelings. It is going to be tough, but you will get through it. Okay. And it'll be totally worth it. <laughs> exactly. Hey. <laughs> um, you know, we see even in the early stage, moms are usually the primary caregivers. So I see a lot more focus on special needs mom support groups and, you know, grieving moms and da da da. I know, John, you didn't have as many outlets going through the grieving process as I did because I was taking her to the play groups and I would be with the other moms and stuff like that. It's one of the reasons why you hear of dad's distancing yes more than moms yes. whether it's they walk away completely whether it's the denial whether it's not involved whatever it may be it's a lot more common for the dad to walk away do you which think is, if there were those support groups or it wasn't as taboo to talk about it would be a different dudes are different we're gonna we're fixers dudes we are we're, we, oh, are, we, wow, we fix that's things a good point. And, and i don't know if i would go to a group mm. and back then i probably wouldn't um you know, today I would go to help someone out, but I don't know if I, back then, I don't know if I would have gone to say, you know what, I need help. That's yeah. a really good point because you can't fix this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So gosh, that's probably a lot of the 
the the coping for most guys is to get your mind off of it. Mm. So one way for me, it was probably work more than I should have, travel more than I should have, yeah. because that helps me remove myself. For some dads, it may be distance completely. So moral of the story: find a healthy outlet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, you know, to not totally isolate yourself from it, but to get that outlet as far as talking with buddies or working out or something like that, rather than working too much or which puts stress on the other parent, you know, whether it's mom or dad. Yes. And it it is stressful, but you know, the, the, Good days outweigh the bad by far. Mm-hmm. You know, this morning I woke her up and uh, laid in bed with her for a second. And she's like, I love you, Dad. And she hugged me. And it just, you know, whenever I really thought I had a bad day at work, I'd come home and she'd smile. And I just totally forgot about what went wrong that day, mm-hmm. you know, at the office or, you know, with, with a customer. So I would tell a young dad, it's worth it. Stick with them. You know what? Be there. Um, spend time with your wife. Um, it's tough. And I, I see y'all do a great job of it. You got to go out and you got to go on a date with your wife. Do it once a month, mm-hmm. um, once every two weeks. And it can be grocery shopping. It exactly. doesn't have to be at a five-star restaurant. Exactly. Um, or, you know, in the Bahamas. It can be at the grocery store and a cup of coffee. Exactly. You, you got to spend time together and so that you, you know, that you're strengthening that relationship because it's tough when you're in it. I mean, you're... Well, that's why the divorce rate in special needs families is astronomical. It's crazy. Adding kids to a marriage is hard. When you add a special needs child to a marriage, it's extremely difficult. I always say Mabry equals like five kids. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I really have seven kids. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what in um, in your process or here recently, I always like to ask, like, what is there a product or um, an app? An app or a food or... A TV show. TV show. Anything that's been like a game changer in your family. Sure. As we discussed earlier, um, I really kind of think that there was kind of three game changers. Sweet. Um, I like it. Love Blue Sky. That's a game changer. Love it. Um, You know, that's been incredible. I mean, Callie loves it. She looks forward. I tell you what, one of my um, summer camps, when we run summer camps, there's nothing like summer camp tired. Okay, uh, at the end of that, that is a long day. But at the end, when Callie sits in my lap and says, can I go sleep in your bed tonight? And I'm like, yeah. it makes it all worth it. If I, if she can, I'm like, um, no, we already have someone in our bed. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, most DFW, um, where she goes to therapy yes. and Frisco, Cindy and Cindy. her crew. Yeah. They're incredible. They in fact, great. she's the one who introduced me to Blue Absolutely. Sky. And yeah. I asked her one day, you know, at our our company, we had some charity money to, uh-huh. to still give. And I go, where would you go? And she goes, please donate it to Blue Sky. Oh, so wow. she is incredible. Her staff is incredible. They just love, but they're incredible. I mean, they, they've, they've helped. Cali with huge yeah. debts. Yes, um, so I would say, you know, those two. And then where Cali's going to school right now, St. Timothy's Christian mm. uh, School at Preston Woods uh, main campus has uh, been incredible for her. That's it's just awesome. Been, it's been a nice change. That's awesome. really good. That's really, awesome. really good. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for coming in today. We, uh, we love being around you guys, being around your family. And we can't wait to watch Cali take the reign as the next queen of prosperity because <laughs> we know we're going to be uh, living with you guys and around you guys for a long time. And, and any, any time we get a chance to be around her, she just brightens our day. So thank you. thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for sharing the story. Yes. Thank you for having me. And we love you guys and we appreciate y'all and y'all been incredible. Um, Satire family. So we truly appreciate it. We love Mabry and it's just, it's, it's, it's neat that we've connected in this community. Can she sleep in your bed tonight? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> that, that was my favorite Callie story. Is the first time I met her, I came up and I gave her a hug and I was down talking to her and she says, Can I come home with you tonight? And I'm like, Callie, we just met. I need to meet your I need to meet your parents. I don't know who your parents are. She's a quick move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much. Thank you. Both Appreciate y'all. You guys, you are not gonna wanna miss next week. It is my girl, my bestie, my BFF, Jamie Ivey, 
and she is with us for the entire episode. It's me and John and Jamie just chatting it up and it is so good. It was a lot of fun. You don't want to miss that episode. So make sure you go and subscribe to the Totally Worth It podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, go and subscribe. If you don't mind, give us a rating and a review. We'll be your best friend.